The children had been kidnapped. Leia ran headlong toward the glade, leaving behind the courtiers and chamberlain of Munto Cordru, leaving her attendants, leaving the young page who, completely against protocol, had stumbled into Leia's receiving room, bleeding from nose and ears, incoherent. But Leia understood her. Jaina and Jason and Anakin had been stolen. Leia ran, now, through the trees and down a soft, mossy path that led into her children's playground. Jaina imagined the path was a starship course, set to hyperspace. Jason pretended it was a great mysterious road, a river. Anakin, going through a literal phase, insisted that it was only a path through the forest and to the meadow. The children loved the forest and the meadow, and Leia loved exclaiming in wonder at the treasures they brought her. A squirmy bug, a stone with shiny bits trapped in its matrix, rare jewels perhaps, or the fragments of an eggshell. Her vision blurred with tears, her soft slippers snared in the tangled moss. She stumbled, caught herself, and plunged onward, holding the skirts of her court robe high. In the old days, she thought, in the old days, I'd be wearing boots and trousers. I wouldn't be hampered and tripped by my own clothing. A breath burned in her throat, and I'd be able to run from receiving room to the forest glade without losing my breath. The green afternoon light shifted and fluttered around her. Before her, the light brightened where the forest opened into a water meadow, the meadow where her children had been playing. Leia ran toward it, gasping, her legs heavy. She was running toward an absence, not presence, toward a terrible void. She cried out to herself, how could this happen? How is this possible? The only answer, the only way it could be possible, terrified her. For a short time, her ability to sense the presence of her children had been neutralized. Only a manipulation of the force could have such an effect. Leia reached the meadow. She ran toward the creek where Jaina and Jason had splashed and played and taught little Anakin to swim. A crater was ripped into the soft grass. The leafy blades had been flattened into a circle around a raw patch of empty dirt. A pressure bomb, Leia thought in horror. A pressure bomb had gone off near her children. They aren't dead, she told herself. They can't be. I'd know if they were dead. Wow. I'm so excited yeah. for this book. Yeah, good. I can't believe it. This is such a good opening. I told you guys, it's going to be a good book. I am riveted. Yeah, I'm I so glad we're back to, like, the good Star Wars literature. Uh, I didn't believe you, but honestly, now that I've read these chapters, I do. Like, yeah. where did the children go? Also, where just, did these children come from? So many also questions. Also, the thing I like about this book is that Leia actually seems to care about her missing children, unlike Corin and his missing wife. Right. Yeah. Like, Leia knew, and Leia's going to do something about it. I'm yeah, very excited. And I appreciate that. All right. This is Rogue Leader. All wings report in. Rogue 6, standing by. Rogue 7, standing by. Rogue 3, standing by. Crystal Stardrin. Will Chewbacca ever roar again? 
what on earth is Luke doing? Maybe they should hire a better babysitter. Oh, lovely. <laughs> 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 Hello, glisteners. Welcome to a brand new episode of Rogue Padron. We've been gone a while, um, so you probably need a quick reminder of your hosts before we jump into chapters one through three of Crystal Star. So if Heath, Rogue 3, was a song from Dirty Computer by Janelle Monet, he'd be Americans because he knows how effed up our country is but wants to make it better. Good. Danny, Rogue 6, would be I like that because even though he might not believe it sometimes, he's great, including the rougher parts he's uncertain about. Seth, Rogue Seven, would be pink because she goes on queer adventures with beautiful people. Yes, I'm so happy. I love that song. It's a good song. And I'm Meg, Rogue Leader, and I would be Don't Judge Me because it's a song with ocean metaphors about being lonely and vulnerable and making up for it by kissing. Nice. Ah. Well, speaking of kissing, I have a question about Star Wars. (laughs) Yes? So... Star Wars, as we know, is all about wars that happen in the stars. And and we're about to embark on a journey through a book entitled The Crystal Star. And and it has star right there in the title. So I want to know, before we learn all about whatever this mysterious crystal star is, what is your f- favorite star of all the stars in Star Wars? That's a really good question. Thanks. I put a lot of time and effort into this one. <laughs> you thought of it all yourself. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I'm gonna say the one that the de- that the Star Killer absorbs. That was a pretty good star. Oh wow! Oh, gone too soon. Yeah, <laughs> it never got to see its full potential. <laughs> exactly. I like a tragic ending. Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna say the faux crystal star that everybody thinks is real but isn't. Um, what star would that be? <laughs> is that a joke, Keith? It is. Okay, I, I, I kind of wish you all would take this question seriously. I, I took it seriously. <laughs> yes, you did, and, and I appreciate you for that. Thank you. Mine is going to be the second star on Tatooine, or I guess it's a sun, technically. I but, mean, it's a star. But if you were on a different planet, it would look like a star. Oh, I like it. It's a good star. Um, my favorite star is Admiral Ackbar. <laughs> 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 That's true. He is he is now nothing but stardust, isn't he? Oh, <laughs> just floating no. out there amongst the stars, <laughs> slowly no. crystallizing. That's not where I was going with it, but I'll I'm okay with it. I guess. <laughs> Danny, no. <laughs> Oof, that was rough. Good, good question, Danny. Thanks. All right. Well. Yep, that's me. You're probably wondering how I ended up in this situation. Tonight on Rogue Padron, the end of a simulator run, say something soothing as you squeeze, and a very decorative way to get killed. This is Rogue Leader. All wings report in. Rogue Six standing by. Rogue 7, standing by. Rogue 3, standing by.
Plague listeners, we really hope that you enjoyed the first, like, one and a half pages of The Crystal Star. Um, <laughs> and that you remember that you wanted us back. So this is really all of your fault. <laughs> yeah, none of the blame is on us. It is all on you. All, all on you. All on you, 100%. <laughs> uh, tonight, we are starting Starfighters Vadumar, which is very exciting. And we'll be jumping into chapters one through three. She was beautiful and fragile, and he could not count the number of times he had told her he loved her, but he had come here knowing he had to hurt her very badly. Her name was Quizux. She was not human, her blue skin a shade lighter than her eyes, and her glistening brown hair, (laughs) downy in its softness, were those of humanoids of the planet Amwat. She was dressed for the occasion in a white evening gown whose flowering lines complemented her willowy form. They sat at a table in a balcony cafe three kilometers above the surface of the planet Coruscant, the world that was a city without end. Just beyond the balcony rail was a vista made up of skyscrapers extending to the horizon, an orange sky threatening rain, and the sun setting beyond one of the more distant thunderheads. Breezes drifting across the two of them smelled of rain to come. At this early evening hour, he and Kui were the only diners on the balcony, and he was grateful for the privacy. Kui looked up from her entree of factory-bred Coruscant game fowl, her soft smile fading from her lips. Wedge, there is something I must say. (laughs) Wedge Antilles, general of the New Republic, perhaps still the most famous pilot of the old Rebel Alliance, breathed a sigh of silent thanks. Kui's conversational distraction would give him at least a few more moments before he had to arm his bad news and fire it off at her. What? (laughs) What is it? Her gaze fixed on him. She took a deep breath and held it until he was sure she would begin to turn even more blue. He recognized her expression, a reluctance to injure. He gestured, not impatiently, for her to go ahead. Which? She said, her words all in a rush. I think our time together is done. What? I don't know how to say it so that it doesn't seem cruel. She gave him a helpless shrug. I think we must go our separate ways. He remained silent, trying to restructure what she'd said into something he understood. It wasn't that her words were confusing, but they were the words he was supposed to be saying. How they de- defected from his mind to hers was a complete mystery to him. He tried to remember what he thought she would say when he spoke those words to her. All he could manage was... Why? <laughs> Which is a good boy. <laughs> a good way for this book to start. And just unfortunate romances. <sighs> it's Poor the best. Wedge. I mean, you say poor witch, but he was going to break up with her. He was. He beat him to the punch. She shot off her rockets first or whatever. <laughs> Play- <laughs> airplane, the airplane, starfighter metaphor. I don't know. <laughs> All right. For those well, of you who had your like Rogue Pod bingo cards, by the way, like we not only hit glistening in the <laughs> second paragraph, but we had a, a, an alternate word for slender in the third. Yeah, so like one after another. <laughs> and then wedge being terrible at romance right after that so right god bless and a blue lady whichever author this one is this is at alston right yeah yeah Yeah. god bless alston all right so wait so quick question we have met kui sucks before right yeah in i jedi okay that's right i did think so because when i started reading i was like i remember this name 
and I think it was IJ Dive. I don't fully yeah. remember. I don't want to ask yeah. him because he looked stupid. So instead, I asked on the podcast. So I looked even <laughs> great. He <laughs> looked stupid to everybody. Just to remind <laughs> everyone that we've blocked that book from our memories. Yeah, I wish but I hadn't read it. You can learn more about her story in the Jedi Academy trilogy. It's easy to block it from your memory if you didn't read it. <laughs> 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 Oh, so responsible. Uh, <laughs> hey, what if we just put Adamar on pause and went and actually podcasted about the Jedi Academy trilogy first? Great, I love those books. Oh, yeah, cool. All right, see you all next week. <laughs> okay, but I really do mean I love those books. So. <laughs> I know a lot of people don't, but I love those. I don't know. Anyway. Most of my friends who talk about those books really love those books. I haven't had a friend who like has been yeah. like, I hate those books so much. Yeah, so, friends. Yeah. Quee explains that she does care about Wedge so much but they don't have a future together. For her, Wedge was a tractor beam that kept her tethered and safe after, one, she learned about the atrocities that she helped build, and two, lost her identity because of force scrambling. But now, yeah, it's bad. But now she's growing into her own, and she basically inherited Wedge from the Kwai, Kui, doesn't matter, who existed before. Hang on. I just saw that, like, but that you wrote being like, Queer is a blue lady, morally gray scientist that helped build this darn sun crash. I'm like, oh, that's right. That's why I loved her so much. I liked her, yeah. No, I remember, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that's a wonderful logo. Anyway, um, <laughs> for Wedge, she was a simulator, right? <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> because of his turbulent youth. Ladies, you should all try using that line sometime. Yeah. Don't worry, buddy. You're just a simulator, run. Well,. Um, because of his turbulent youth and career in the New Republic, Wedge missed out on falling in and out of love. Wedge had always wanted it, which led him to fall in love with Kwai once he was in a safe enough place to do so. But she was merely practice, a way to get experience. Kui isn't the woman he's meant to love forever. Isn't every relationship that ends really just practice for the next one? Yeah, yes. <laughs> That's the nature of doing anything is actually just practice for the next time you do it. Whoa. Yeah. We're getting oh, so deep on this episode. Run. We really cracked it here, guys. Let's just go home now. Yeah, therapist wedge not even meaning to. <laughs> <laughs> I think Wedge needs a therapist in this he, book right now. Wedge definitely oh, needs a therapist. Wedge just needed a therapist in... from the beginning, I would say. Wedge is in deep need of a therapist in this book. Wedge what, I almost called him Wedge Skywalker. That's not <laughs> We can keep hoping. Right. Not yet, anyway. Um, Wedge and Tilly's the best dude in the galaxy, admits to Kui that he was going to break up with her and that she shouldn't feel guilty about her decision because he also felt like they didn't have a future, which he's not even sure if he has a future on his own, but that's an entirely different Terrible issue. Oh, boy. Speaking of meeting a therapist. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Wedge is going to take some leave, travel a bit, stop by Corellia, see if there's anything Wedge Antilles is except his career, because that's all he has now and really all he's had for a long while. Wedge is packing up what little he's planning on taking with him. His quarters on Coruscant, as well as on the Lusankia, which they should definitely rename that, um, are sparse. Merely places for him to sleep, not a home. Everything he needs can be packed up by a droid and taken to whatever next location he's stationed at. But he wants a home. Maybe on his leave, he'll find it. 
I'm so but glad also- we're finally going to get a chance to see Wedge just like kick back, relax, take a vacation. Like, be yeah, I'm looking forward to vacation. Oh my god, I want a full book of vacation Wedge now. That's what I thought this was going to be. Yeah. Wedge is nice time. But also maybe not. Because the Elder Kraken appears at his door. Which, if an Elder Kraken ever appears by your home, beware. I was so mad at the Elder Kraken. Yeah, How ever dare he. Um, Wedge is rightly suspicious, but lets him in anyway. The Elder Kraken has an assignment for Wedge, who points out that he can't actually take an assignment because he's on leave. But the Elder Kraken explains that he's going to volunteer for this mission. Wedge is skeptical, even more so, hoping that maybe if he stands still, the Elder Kraken will just leave. I love grumpy old man Wedge. <laughs> he is so 20, done 29-year-old old man Wedge. He's just like totally <laughs> yeah. over it. And the Elder Kraken's like, no, you're definitely doing this mission. And Wedge is like, I hate everything. <laughs> Right. He's just like, surprised white guy dot gif. Like, excuse me? (laughs) The Elder Kraken explains that the planet of Adumar, mostly off the radar from the Old Republic and the Imperials, was stumbled upon while they were mapping the unknown regions, of which Wedge has the sharpest comeback of, if you continue to map the unknown regions, you'll have to call them something else. (laughs) It's so delightful. So good. He's so he's crabby. So, he's so, he's I so love, crabby. And he's I on leave. I love Cranky Wedge so much. He's so, like... Relatable. I don't know. He's just real sassy and really relatable. Like, yeah, I extremely relate to this Wedge. He's on leave. We've never seen him crack like this before, and I love it. No, he's... Oof, his veneer is gone. Adamar apparently, makes some pretty good weapons. And the New Republic could potentially tap into them and never have a shortage of proton torpedoes again. Which, apparently, General Wedge Antilles has been advocating for increased proton torpedoes for a long time. And now people are actually listening to him. The catch, unfortunately not the fun Ewok murdery catch, is that the people of Adumar don't like politicians. But who do they trust? Who do they stand? fighter pilots. They'll talk with a diplomat from the New Republic, but only the best fighter pilot they have. The Elder Kraken says Wedge will be assigned a diplomatic advisor, one already in Adumar, and he can pick three pilots to go with him. Wedge, however, is adamant that he needs this leave and tells the Elder Kraken to find someone else. But the Elder Kraken personally attacks both Wedge and myself and says, you need Antilles the Republic needs. You've never turned your back on the New Republic in its time of need. And then Wedge loses all hope. So mad at the Elder Kraken. Yeah, it's it so unnecessarily manipulative. Come yeah. on, man. There's a reason he's like head of the spies. Yeah, it's because he's awful. You don't you don't get there not being a terrible person. Yeah. No wonder why Pash wants Wedge to be his real dad. Um Wedge loses hope, but it's replaced by anger. What's it like to have so many resources? So you can simply turn off, turn to your staff and say, I need so-and-so for a task. Find me the button I can push so he'll do whatever I say, regardless of what it costs him. And the Elder Kraken leaves, knowing full well that Wedge would follow through on a threat of violence. <laughs> 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 
But he also knows that Wedge is going to accept the mission. Wedge, you're too good. Wedge is too good for this galaxy. (sighs) So when Wedge and the rest of Red Flight meet up with the Allegiance, he decides to go into the main bay rather than the landing bay prepared for them so he can best gauge the kind of ship he'll be working with for this mission. When they land, he's happy to see that it looks like a ship that puts emphasis on doing the good work rather than the showy work. Wedge re-meets Captain Salaban and his crew. This includes a documentarian, Hallis Saper, a woman with a protocol droid head affixed to her shoulders. She is incredibly cool. She is dedicated to her craft. She did research that children find protocol droids non-threatening. So for interviews, she started doing this. Results are inconclusive. (laughs) (laughs) I love this so much. <laughs> yeah, I incredibly enjoy this. Really I'm lo- so glad this is a thing. Love that it's a new well, I don't know if she's a new species, but she, you know, she has a protocol droid in her head, which is hilarious. But also, it's a journalist. It's so good. She is not happy that Wedge is smart enough to not trust her and insists on having their own slicers add some code to the protocol droid to make sure Wedge can turn off his recording whenever he wants. We get to meet the rest of the pilots Wedge brought along. The distinguished and emotionally damaged Colonel Taicho, Ta- Taiko Selchu. The yes. boys, yeah, the boyishly <laughs> handsome and broad Major Wiz Jensen. Yeah. <laughs> Big Seth. <laughs> and the <laughs> underappreciated Major Derek Hobby Clivian. Woo, Hobby. <laughs> Wedge has pretty low self-esteem when it comes to appara- his appearance even with his hair that begs people to run their hands through it. I love how so much I also love some of these characters. <laughs> like, but also, Wedge wears his hair as long as, like, standard lets him. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, Wedge asks for their X-Wings to be repainted in white with the Rogue Squadron Reds for striping. There won't be a briefing before they... Re- there won't be a briefing before they arrive on Adumar, and Wedge forces himself to smile and keep his screaming on the inside. That's a big mood. It's the biggest mood. Who hasn't been there? Wedge, still mad as heck, prepares himself on red flight for entrance to Adumar. They still know absolutely nothing about the planet, nothing about where they're going to land besides its coordinates. As they fly over the planet on their assigned course, they're met with an escort of unfamiliar fighters. They're just following some on the sidelines as distance markers, but Red Flight stays alert. And good thing, too, because as they suddenly get an incoming transmission challenging Wiz Jensen and Wad Gentilis to come yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. You know Wedge. what? Wedge. 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 <laughs> here of the New Republic. I love it so much. Uh, the four X-Wings handily take care of the enemy fighters, and they are assured by Adamar's flight command that they weren't part of the course. All right. Red Flight's final destination is a plaza in the biggest city they've seen so far on the planet. They fly through the streets, flocked by people on balconies and on foot the entire way. As they come into the plaza, they see giant hollow screens playing videos of Wedge's former combat, <laughs> including both Death Star runs and the very recent one 
the very recent on-world encounter. Wiz wonders if Wedge actually set this all up himself. Could it be possible? I mean, Wiz would do it, but I don't think Wedge would do it. Yeah, <laughs> Wedge might. Yeah, <laughs> I can see Tycho doing it just to just make do, Wedge uncomfortable. Just doing something nice for his buddy Wedge. <laughs> they land, and there's no one else around, forcing them to swing off their X-Wings by themselves. One person comes to meet them, Ejector Tomer, Diplomatic Guide to Adamar. What a name. What a great guy. Wedge asks him to explain the assassination attempt on them, which I think is fair. And Tomer explains it wasn't really like that. Just some brash undertrained pilots hoping to prove themselves by besting Rogue Squadron in a fair fight. But it probably won't happen again, so chill out, bruh. Wedge, however, will not chill out. They had to kill four pilots in what's supposed to be a friendly zone. That's serious business. That's not his name. Um, Tomer is too familiar with Wedge and seems entirely unaffected by what's going on. He explains that no one will be meeting them because the presence of the planet's parader, which is like their president king, I don't know, would take attention away from Wedge. So by leaving him alone, he's showing the utmost respect. Is Parator taken from Imperator? Probably. I don't even know if Imperator is a word. I just felt like it was. (laughs) (laughs) Is it taken from this word that I just made up? (laughs) It could be a real word. Hey, Google. (laughs) Hey, hey Alexa. (laughs) Can I order an Imperator? Okay, yeah, Imperator is a word, and it means to order or command. Okay, yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Ha, etymology. Good job, good job, safe. (laughs) He didn't even know. (laughs) Before they settle into their quarters, Wedge has to address the planet and the large crowd. Wiz thinks he's going to make a fool out of himself. But since becoming a general, he's developed the Wedge Antilles four-point speech. I'm not going to lie, because I'm writing a talk for um, this later this month. I looked at this, and I was this like, Good oh, advice. <laughs> is this, this four-point speech going to be useful to me? And then I read the next bits, and I was like, no, this is not useful to me at all. <laughs> no, it's good advice. It's you great advice. I mean, the first two are useful for any kind of talk, and the latter two I was like, eh, I never stop talking. Yeah, that's so good, good Well, does that mean you should really actually follow the plan, though? <laughs> it's a good point. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so, the Wedge and Tilly's four-point speech. Step one. Remind everyone who you are. He's Wedge and Tilly's. Best pilot in the galaxy. Step two. Remind everyone why you're there. He needs some more torpedoes. He did not say that. That'd be terrible. <laughs> Y'all should maybe read the book. Um, Step three, say something personal to show you're paying attention. Like, hey, I like all the balconies here. Those are some great balconies. And step four, stop talking before you sound like an idiot. Yeah, that's all right. stop talking about balconies. There was so much (laughs) balcony talk in this book. I was like, I get it. I didn't even notice until Meg kept saying balconies, and I was like, there were a lot of balconies. I get it. They like their balconies. <laughs> cool. 
They better play some significant role in the plot later on. Or the final be really disappointed. Take place on a balcony. No, between balconies. <laughs> like, oh, that's even better. The balconies come alive and fight each other. <laughs> the real winner here is the balcony. <laughs> the real friends are the balconies we met along the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um. Wedge but for real, I hope that the final romance scene between Wedge and whoever his romantic interest is happens on a balcony. Oh, that's good. With the I sunset mean, in the background. That's, breeze, that's a dramatic good thing breeze to blowing. That's a what? That's a good thing to have done on the balcony. All I can think of is the Attack of the Clones balcony right now, which is... Well, cool, less, I hate that. That's great, but... <laughs> oh, wait, the balcony's in Revenge of the Sith, isn't it? Oh, there's balconies in both. Oh, yeah, so many. They might as well be. Whoa, yeah, whoa, it rhymes, Danny. Why like are there so many balconies in Star Wars? <laughs> there are so many. The answer to Star Wars has been in front of our face this whole time. We didn't even realize it. Oh my it's god! All about the balconies. It's like that. Um, it's the like aliens meme guy, but it's, it just says balcony. <laughs> Is this the balcony? <laughs> oh my gosh. Wedge observes the crowd as they continue standing and waving. Everyone has a weapon, even the children. <laughs> There's also a distinct lack of security personnel. <laughs> and the dudes have especially elaborate mustaches. I so, really, yeah. cool planet. I liked that little, that little note, because now I can just imagine every single man on this planet having an amazingly elaborate mustache, and it makes me feel so much better about the fact there are men on this planet. You know that I love when we go to planets that have, like, alien cultures and distinct, like, and here they're humans, but they hang out on balconies and they have mustaches. <laughs> Not super pumped about this, this so planet just yet. No, it's so interesting. <laughs> they're such fancy people. Does Jay love this planet? Um, we'll find out. Okay. On the next episode of Crystal Star Trek. Yeah, I think not. I get the sense, we haven't really gotten it from the reading yet, but I get the sense from our listeners that this is more of like a backwater sort of like redneck hick planet more than it but is. But they like... have so many balconies. Yeah, but they're, maybe they're like wooden balconies that are falling apart. That's fair. That's a good point. Like, and they're sitting on their balconies in their rocking chairs with their shotguns across their laps. They do oh. have, they all have guns. They have lots of guns. Um, Homer <laughs> explains that the crowd is the security. If anyone wanted to hurt one of them, first they would make the challenge fairly, I guess. And then the challengees would have the option of declining. If the challenger continues to persist after the declination, someone from the crowd will go ahead and shoot the person just to please Wedge. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I like this. All right. <laughs> They don't know that this won't really please Wedge too much. Wedge is a softer boy. He likes balconies with sunsets. Uh, so this case has apparently happened to Tomer, and we learned of his past. Wiz knew him when they were in the Tierfond Yellow Aces, which is unfortunately a Y-Wing group. <laughs> Y-Wing Squadron, it's not just called a group, <laughs> A hobby group that like Y Wings. (laughs) Yeah. Just like some reckless teens who hang out after school. (laughs) It's like at the rec center flying some Y Wings. (laughs) Doing some pinball, playing some simulators. 
<laughs> One time, Tomer's Y-Wing was severely damaged in battle, and he had to make an emergency landing on their base planet, which happened to have low gravity. He did manage to make it down to the planet, even though the wishbone flipped over at one point. But unfortunately, as Tomer thought he was finally safe, his ejector seat malfunctioned and shot him out of the ship. And with the low gravity, he actually went into the atmosphere. He <laughs> retrieved by a shuttle. I want this to happen in a Star Wars movie so badly. <laughs> oh, I want this so badly. <laughs> then Hector was his name, but when I found out this was why he was calling him that, I was so happy. Yeah, right? And um, that's how he found out that his talents lay elsewhere. <laughs> have did, have any of you watched the Resistance yet? Not yet. Okay, because this is just this sequence right here, something I can totally imagine in the style of like the Resistance animation <laughs> and like with those characters. That's a good point. Shoot them I off. Hope it happens. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> it's so great. Tomer takes the rogues into their swank bachelor pad. The patio, a.k.a. the balcony, yeah. is enough to land. That's just another word for balcony. Yeah. <laughs> he, got, he got to this point, he was like, maybe I'm overdoing it on the balconies. I'll call it a patio. What else could I call it? This one time. But then just we're going to go back to Google Google synonyms for balcony. The porch. The large platform. <laughs> the is surface the area. <laughs> the balcony. <laughs> The raised floor. <laughs> hmm. The patio is enough to land their X-Wings and, like, super secured and reinforced. And w- Widge is like, yeah, let's have them over here. Um, they also have chefs, couriers, dressers, etc. at their service for all of Wiz Jensen's weird desires. <laughs> oh. He, got, he just got really excited oh, about having people at his service. It's not good. Uh, tonight, they're going to a party thrown for them by the parader, and they decide to dress in Adumarian finery, because the New Republic dress uniforms are the worst. I imagine them as being, like, the the dress robes from Harry Potter. Ugh. But, like, Ron's? <laughs> yeah, like Ron's, where it's, like, really lacy and, like, totally <laughs> like oversized. <laughs> but still somehow an extremely tight collar around them. Yeah, 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 of course. You're suffocating. Like, but also it's like way but wide at the waist. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. And like the legs are two inches too long. Or two inches too short. Either or, Just, yeah. One is one of each. How did that even happen? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tomer leaves them to gather a fashion show. And Wedge asks Wiz how well he knows him and if they can trust him. Wiz explains that Tomer always had some, like, side hustles and some stuff going on under the table, but he's cleaned up really well, and the diplomatic corps is the ideal place for him where he can be smarmy, but for good. (laughs) So for right now, he's all right, I guess. You know what they say. What do they say, Danny? (laughs) What do they say, Danny? (laughs) If you have to be smarmy, at least use your smarminess for good. Sure. I can't argue with that. They, that's why they say it. it. Yeah, they they absolutely say it. More importantly, <laughs> makeover. So, um, thankfully, we get a whole page. Nope, we get a whole page and a half of <laughs> descriptions 
of their outfits, which I will read to everyone because they're very important. They're for better visual. than a page and visual a half of like page. space battle. Yeah, correct. Alston would knows rather, what the people want. Would rather know what they're wearing. <laughs> I, somehow I think Alston knew this podcast was going to happen. Yeah, he just predicted it. Yeah. He felt it. He felt it through the force. Yeah, that's what it's for. <laughs> no what kind of goofy podcast there will be in the future. <laughs> Wedge had chosen green for most of his outfit. Boots, hose, belt. And he had chosen a tunic in a creamy off-white. He chose to remain bareheaded. All right. His service blaster was holstered at his hip. Tomer seemed to think that wearing weapons was more than appropriate in a social situation, though he had said Wedge would have to surrender in the chamber occupied by the parader. Beside it hung a device Tomer had said was commonplace in Cartan, the com fan. It was a small hemisphere with a handle, which, all right. On the flat side of the hemisphere were numerous little vents. At the bottom of the handle was an off on-off switch to in, in an intake vent. When switched on, the device would draw air through the intake vent. Oh, I don't care about these things. Um, Tycho's tunic was a material that shimmered and changed color as it moved. Depending on the angle at which one viewed it, portions ranged in hue from sky blue to fluorescent royal blue. Most of his other garments, including a rakish-looking hip cloak, were black, but he wore a skullcap with the same material as his tunic. We are so blessed to have <laughs> Party Tycho. He's in dressed our lives. like a mermaid. He is. I am like a bird evil mermaid, and I'm here for it. Yeah. You know what they say. Uh, <laughs> is this a new bit? <laughs> is this the best kind of mermaid is a bird evil mermaid. <laughs> That's not true. The best kind of mermaid's a mermaid. That's true. I don't know why they don't say that, because you're right. That is categorically true. Or people have to say things. Um, it's true. Wait. Uh, the skull cap came forward in a peak over his brow, an extension that looked like the sharp beak of a bird of prey, a comparison which decided was apt. And the semi-transparent visor over his eyes led him a distant, mysterious look. Hobby was a riot of lines and angles. <laughs> his boots tights and belt were a basic blue his tunic a glorious red but every hem of every garment was decorated with a trim of eye-hurting yellow making oh. it the jizzy experience to look at him walk i feel like if you're trying to be fashionable descriptors you don't want of yourself include a riot of lines and angles and an <laughs> eye full of yellow <laughs> but this is this is what he's trying to do there are three types of dress clothing, Hobby had said. The kind that offends the wearer, the kind that offends the viewers, and the kind that offends everybody. I'm going for the third type. Fair is fair. He definitely succeeded. I'm here for Hobby. He's great. Jinsen had chosen what Wedge had first misunderstood as a minimalist approach. <laughs> <laughs> His tights, his tunic, all his accoutrements were black. Most of them a matte black, although the tunic offered a little shimmer. He wore no headgear, but then he capped it off with a hooded cloak that made up for the rest of his outfit's lack of drama. Nearly floor-length, it was a curtain of nebular red-purple shot through with crystalline stars that blinked on and off with internal light. There's the crystal star. He knows how to rock a cake. 
Honestly, that's what I would do, is that space cape. That sounds amazing. Space cape sounds amazing. Um, they also were introduced to the Adumari Blast Sword, which is the preferred weapon of settling disputes on Adumar. And it's basically a blaster uh, that you hit someone with. <laughs> and a whiz, of course, has to have one. <laughs> so in addition to his cloak, his starry, like, nebula cloak, and his, like, blaster. He also now has this blast sword on his hip, which, what a look. What a guy. Wiz is literally every single D&D character I ever play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's he's only going to prove that more of a fact. I love him. Because I know all you do in D&D is try to flirt with stuff. You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so when the hotties arrive at the party... No one announces them. A suspension of usual tradition. As they enter, they have to check their blasters, but Wiz is allowed to keep his blast sword since it's for a polite society. Tomer leads him straight to the group where the parader, Pekalik K. Teldon, is hanging out with his entourage. The parader offers them a gift, a woman, you, Cheris K. Hanadi, the winner of the Kartan Ground Fighting Championships. More like Cheris K. Hahadi, am I right? Hey. <laughs> he does. Aaron does do a sarong and he calls her slender. Oh, Aaron. Aaron, please. She will be the local guide while in Adumar. She offers Wedge a distraction, which thankfully is a demonstration of her fighting skills. Oh, thank God. And not her other skills. Quote, unquote, fighting skills. I mean, she's great at grappling. The parader explains that this is a casual event, that negotiations and formalities can wait until tomorrow, and walks away. Tomer is stunned because this is against protocol. Wedge asks if they... Wedge asks some off-the-camera questions, which we find out the... Protocol droid on and off switch is white cap sleepy times and white cap wakey wakey. And the questions don't really matter, so it's fine. What matters right now is food. So they make their way to the buffet, which sounds like is a bunch of curries. And Wedge is fond of a super spicy lizard one when someone accidentally bumps into him. Someone, unfortunately, being General Turfenner. Commander of the 181st, which is the elite TIE fighter squadron. As they size each other up, Wiz is behind Wedge with his blast sword ready as soon as Wedge takes a step out of the line of fire. But Fenera bids him good day and goes off with his other three pilots. Wedge gathers his bros and they realize they've been set up. The Adumarians invited them both there to play off each other so they can pick the better deal. Tycho flew against Fenner last at Salagus, where he wasn't really that good, so hopefully it won't be such a problem. So basically, Wedge has walked right into the Hunger Games. The Hunger Games, yeah, sure has. Oh dear. Yeah, he's District 12. Um, Wedge is then talking to the Minister of Notification, which seems like an important but really awful job to be proud of. Um, across the room, he spots a slender lady he recognizes. He detaches himself from his conversation and heads back to his dudes. He, he tells Wiz that he's going to take Cheris up on her offer of a demonstration to distract everyone 
so Wiz can go over and talk to the woman. Wiz is finger gunning and very happy about this assignment until Wedge is like, lol, it's yellow with Siri, which he definitely had feelings for, but kept getting in the way. And now they don't even run to each other on missions anymore. And maybe he still has feelings for her. I don't know, but she's real pretty. And. Oh, oh. this is such like rom-com classic setup here. Sure what a surprise that Iella was serious suddenly in this book. <laughs> Wedge wants Wiz to be cool about it. Yeah, that's gonna happen. <laughs> Good job. Wiz uh, has never been cool about anything in his entire life. It's true, he runs so hot. Um and to not do anything to like potentially blow her cover, because obviously she's there as part of an intelligence mission that she works for. Um, and she even knows all of the fancy, like, fan signing, which, all right. So she's been there for a while. Um, basically, it's Wiz's job to suggest to this beautiful woman that his commander, the best fighter pilot in the universe, Widge and Tilly's, wa- I'm sorry, Wadge and Tilly's, is intrigued by her. <laughs> and they basically really want to know if she's going to be helpful or if she's going to hinder their mission. If, on the off chance, it happens to not be Iella, Wiz is allowed to woo her. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Wedge. Wedge, Wedge Skywalker, a dum-dum, <laughs> didn't quite realize that the demonstration meant that Cheris would accept a real-life battle challenge. But there's nothing to do now that wouldn't embarrass her or make him look weak, so shruggy emoticon. Tomer and Wedge watched the battle. Turns out... Cheris is bloodthirsty, but because she wins, the court allows her to play a bit rough. Wedge is not into this. It gets to a point where Cheris wounds her opponent very badly, and Wedge gets to pick whether he lives or dies. This is a fun culture that we're visiting. (laughs) I love it! You should do this here. (laughs) Can I? Uh, Wedge moves forward pretending like he's being stern and mean, and remarks that this boy needs to experience the pain so when he does die, he's not an embarrassment to his family and spares his life. The the crowd is a little hesitant, but the parader gives a nod of approval and they all start cheering. I was very impressed with Wedge's quick thinking on this one. Mm -hmm. He pulled through when he needed to. Yes. Um... Cheris wants Wedge's approval, which, who among us? Indeed. (laughs) And he truthfully says that it was skillful and interesting and aesthetic. But the Grand Championship provides no other for, like, no other point than entertainment. So that's, you know, cool motive, still murder. (laughs) (laughs) To quote the great sage Jake Peralta, cool motive, still murder. (laughs) Wiz approaches Wedge with news. And that's where bum, the end bum, The news is probably like, dessert's going to be out ten minutes late. <laughs> we have to stay here. Food, Wedge. Food. Food, Wedge. Yeah, so how did everyone like the first three chapters? Are we feeling hopeful? Are we feeling good? Uh, I'm feeling hopeful. Such a sigh of relief. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fun to read. Fun to like be like this is stupid, but like not in a bad way. Yeah, and I was like Miss- excited to talk about him. 
Yeah. Yeah, I miss the rights though a lot, but I, do I dig it enough. But I think it's fun to have like Tycho and Hobby and Wiz doing some shenanigans and especially how they play off of each other. Because yeah. like Tycho keeps trying to be like the straight man, but like we know you're not straight. <laughs> <laughs> In so many ways. In so many ways. Yeah. He's just emotional. All the ways dancing. really. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Danny, did you put these listener responses in here? I completely forgot we asked this question. Sure yeah. did. I was like, oh, he's well, too lazy to do it. Responses. We got a lot of responses, and I know we did, so I'm going to put them in for Heath's lazy ass. <laughs> I literally just wrote, nah, in the show notes, because I didn't think we asked one last time. It's happening. <laughs> it's been so long. <laughs> he was just like, nah, and then nah. we're like, oh, guess what, though? <laughs> <laughs> there were. Um... All right. Thanks, Danny. Yeah, <laughs> I got you. Last time and by asked, you, I mean the, the loyal listeners who all took the time to respond so that we could read their questions on our podcast. <laughs> oh, those those people. It's fine. Last week we asked if you could get a standalone book about any of the pilots we've met in the X-Wing series, who would it be and what is the plot? We answered this, right? Yeah, we all said exactly what you would expect us yes. to say. Okay. okay yeah. Wait, but I also want to say I want a book about Runt. I want a book about Runt where he forces all of the race to take time off and basically just they end up like they go basically like Wedge. They kind of go on vacation, not like Wedge because he doesn't actually go on vacation. And the um, villain is the Elder Kraken, just like popping in all the time trying to make them do work. And Runt is just like, <laughs> no. Yeah, he has to like <laughs> has to like keep making shenanigans happen so that they can get away from the Elder Kraken and, like, relax. But also, they're the rights, so making them relax is really hard. But also, they drag uh, Lara back into it, because why not? I want her there. I want a book that's Seabiscuit, but starring Run. (laughs) 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 That's what I want. Yeah. (laughs) Would it be called Nath Squadron? Nate Squadron, no. Okay. Oh, it's good. <laughs> Nate Squadron. Oh my god. <laughs> Alright, let's get to the actual listener responses. Yeah. Ian said, my spinoff book about any rogue or wraith would absolutely be the amazing shenanigans of Gara, Lara, Kearney, Min, Tannen, and Co- I don't remember half of these people. Oh, it's like Lara, Kearney, all the same person. Gara, Lara, and Kearney are the same person. Min is Min Bros. Her boyfriend. I know Min. Tonin is the the art2 unit. The droid. Okay. The king of mouse droids. And Min and Tonin I recognized right away. And Kola is the Ewok, right? The pilot Ewok. Don't you dare forget about Kola. Yeah, how did you forget about Kola, Heath? The real Kitch. I just knew him as Kitch. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) Never took the time to get to know the man behind the mask. <laughs> no. Anyway, space pilots extraordinaire with extra trashy space romance, probably involving moths, higher or otherwise, and sniper rifles. <laughs> a smiley face Wait. after and sniper <laughs> rifles is really disturbing. Yeah. Like, the addition of sniper rifles was Min's disturbing sniper. enough. <laughs> you mean, guys need he... to, like, remember the oh, books that you right, read. Right, yeah. This is true. I don't, know, I don't know anything about these characters, so that might make sense. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Breaking news. Heath never listened to the episodes 
<laughs> While we were recording them or otherwise. Was he even on the episodes? I'm not sure anymore. This, is my, really this is my first time here. <laughs> Long time listener, first time caller. He's just listening <laughs> for chances to say that's what she said and otherwise. <laughs> and sometimes oh, I miss God. them because I'm not listening. Uh, Tom said... The book I want is Young Gavin Adventures, a middle grade book that follows tween Gavin tagging along with Biggs on trips to Tashi Station, watching racism Beggar's Canyon, and daydreaming about the day he'll get to fly through space on his brother's wing. Stop it. I okay. need it. So Heath, Gavin is I, a character from- I know who Gavin is. <laughs> Look, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you if we come across someone who I don't recognize. Okay. <laughs> Odie. Oh, we're on a first name basis now, Odie. Odie. Oh. <laughs> or I was too lazy to write out McOatface. I feel like, yes, we have reached the point of first name basis with Odie. I think we have. I think we have for sure. Uh, Odie, next week when I'm back, you're getting your last name back. Don't worry about it. When <laughs> you're back, you're right here. <laughs> well, I didn't, I didn't fill this out this time. That's fair. Odie, Odie said... <laughs> Because it sound, now it sounds like the dog from Garfield. <laughs> okay, just keep going. Please. No, that said, would be Odie face. Odie McOdeface. <laughs> yeah, it's spelled O-D-I-E, please. <laughs> Odie. <laughs> Can't get that dog out of my head. <laughs> Stop. You should do this. I believe in you. <laughs> Odie said, how about a book focusing on Piggy? Wait, you mean someone's already written one? Maybe you should read it for an upcoming season. Han Solo wink emoji. Wait, there's a Piggy yeah. book? Uh, yeah, we talked, yeah, we talked about this in a state of the squadron. How the oh the very last X-Wing book is Piggy's the main character. Yeah, and oh, Mercy oh. Kill. Mercy Kill. So we just have I, to I read 19 New Jedi Order books first, and then we'll, we'll do that one. Yeah. At, at, the, at the rate we're going now. Come <laughs> Come back in a decade. <laughs> you can call me Jake said. There should be a spin-off book. <laughs> if you insist. Whatever you say, John. <laughs> We're getting real familiar with our listeners here. We've got Odie. We've been permitted to call this listener Jake. Jace. <laughs> There should be a spin-off book about Corrin Horn, a pilot who trains to become a Jedi, but unlike I Jedi, it would be good. No such I feel thing. like any book with Corrin as a main character isn't gonna be good. Probably yeah. not. Yeah. <clears throat> Jake also said, also let's get a Gavin Darklighter book in which he saves a black and white loth cat from the Empire and names it a seer. Wow. That's he sure is transferring some feelings there. <laughs> <laughs> oh now I'm sad. I forgot about that. Never forget. Never forget. Hassan said, I'd like to see a book made on Face Lauren, his exploits as a spy and pilot. I'm really digging the amount of rights turning up in these answers so yeah. much. Ben Warman. I assume that's who Ben W is, Danny. Yes. No, it's Ben Winobi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ben Winobi. Ben Warman said, I would want a book about Face Lauren that takes place after Solo Command, but has flashbacks to his days as an actor for Imperial Propaganda, and a good mix of humor drama throughout. This means we'd get the Wraiths back, too, of course. So it sounds like people just want more Wraith books. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That yeah, seems so. to be the theme In here. Interesting. How weird. Raising Fangirl said, I want an in-universe book written by Cornhorn called My Little Black Book. 
I hate it. <laughs> no. Nancy said, a novel about Tycho defecting from the Empire and joining Rogue Squadron. I do really want that story. That'd be great. Dinner said, I'd want a standalone about intelligence agent Shala Nelprin, alternating between kicking ass and uncovering names, as well as discovering decades-old intel connected to her dad and learning his dark past and finding love. She's an imperial-turned-bounty hunter, because why not? Nice. Remember Shala and how she was in, like, two seconds of the Wraith books? Very vaguely. The best. Yeah. But she wasn't damaged enough. Yeah. (laughs) Which is why she got kind of sidelined in the Wraith books. Yeah, that's a good point. She was too mentally stable. She was was too stable. Emotionally sound. (laughs) Yeah. Well too put together. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. I forgot that around holidays, sometimes our listener, (laughs) their names are just... (laughs) That's like, who is this person? Next up, we have Boo, I'm Spooky. (laughs) 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 A couple months, we'll have, like, Christmas trees. It'll be great. It'll be great. I'm excited for Christmas names. Boo, I'm Spooky said, (laughs) I want a spinoff novel with Hop. (laughs) <laughs> novel with hobby i think i'm the only one who wants this but yeah hobby doing stuff west coast stars because why not because why wouldn't whiz be yeah of course he wouldn't also, they're mary and pippin like what's wrong damn it greg said i'd want a jesmine akbar academy day spinoff Ugh. yes <laughs> Meg, that is the exact noise <laughs> i expected you to make <laughs> Dealing with being a student in the shadow of her family name in terms of future, would you... Oh, this is just him asking us a question now? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. sorry. I... We had a lot of <laughs> listeners. We should just mention, we talked a little bit about the future of the show last episode. That was like three months ago. And we had a lot of <laughs> listeners give their input on what the future of the show should look like. And we have read and absorbed... Well, one of us has anyway, all of your input and... Uh, <laughs> Thank you for contributing. <laughs> Can you make a TLDR for us? For us to review? Yeah. Um, our Thanks. listeners want us to read every book us- in Star Wars Legends and also right. none of the books in Star Wars Legends. And they want the podcast to continue forever. And they also want the podcast to end tomorrow. Wait, was, who that wants was, the podcast That was the consensus. <laughs> who? Who? Tell me their screen name. I'm going to fight them. <laughs> I, I, be- I believe it was <laughs> at Heath D. Williams. <laughs> I remember seeing that one. Their screen <laughs> name was a scary Twitter user. Yeah. Boo. <laughs> you can you can call me Boo. <laughs> That's awful familiar. Uh, anyway, Jay. Jay, Jay said, <laughs> "I would like a book called to all the boys of Corsant Charm signed before." Yes. <laughs> Starring. Oh, here they are again. Garlar Kearney. <laughs> It's the same person, Heath. <laughs> Can't resist a course Dara, of Lara, Here they are again. <laughs> Can't resist a course in charm signing reference, especially a topical one. My alternate answer was going to be a book about Baron Fell. It counts he's an ex-rogue. Called Reenlistment of Baron Fell, and oh wait, they already wrote that and need to release it. Inside jokes. I can't get it. Wait, is Baron Fell the guy I loved, or is that a different guy? Did you ever love a guy? 
<laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> it was what's his name? This week on Rogue Podrin, we reveal that every one of the hosts is terrible at retention. <laughs> sure. Excuse me. It wasn't Baronfell. I don't like Baronfell. That's right. You don't like Baronfell. Sorry. I just got confused with the guy that I do like whose name I can't remember. It's not Baronfell though. The the random be- dude that me and me glove. Who was he? No, it's Brooke Vessery. Yeah, Brooke Vessery. I love. It was the B. The B confused me, but I love yeah, Brooke Vessery. No, we love Brooke Vessery. Yeah, Number do. one, Brooke Vessery stan. <laughs> because we, we never even actually met Baronfell. Because remember, because it was that, oh, that fake was actor. Too. That's right. It was yeah. his face's arch nemesis actor. <laughs> as was, such a plot twist. What a plot twist. Spitfire said, I want more about Wedge, always. Anything, everything, and Tycho better be there, too. Agreed. Just a Wedge and Tycho having a relaxing day. Like, actually on vacation. Yeah, like, actually on vacation. For the race, I want a story about Min and Kearney. (laughs) Autocorrect (laughs) tried to change that into my kidney. I do not (laughs) want a story about my kidney. (laughs) But I'm sure the race would make, like, a crazy mission about it, so maybe you do. Mika said, I would, I would want an oral standalone as the Swiss uh, Swiss Army Gand. Oh it would be a collection of short stories, and every time he'd discover a newfound power. <laughs> by, the end, by the end, he'd be able to fly, spit fire, and most important of all, resist Boar Gullet. That's amazing. That's also, so did good. you know that Boar is a title? <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, it's like, there are different gullets. I mean, <laughs> there I'm are different gullets. <laughs> <laughs> it's a that was ever said. <laughs> Jab of the gullet. Like, the boar, the boar prefix means that it can, like, read people's minds and stuff. Like, it's a title. Where did you learn this from? I don't, it's just from dinner. It's just there in your brain. It's just, it was in a book. It was in a Vizdick. Like, (laughs) we need Pablo. We don't need Pablo. <laughs> he doesn't want us. He doesn't want us at all. <laughs> Pretty sure he has Rogue Squad, Rogue Padron blocked. Probably. As he should. As as everyone probably should. <laughs> um, cool. Well, thank you listeners for sending those all in. And thanks, Danny, for remembering that we did that. Can we just give everyone Anytime. a glistening body? Like everyone gets a glistening. Yeah, this is a good one. Except We're... whoever it was who wants us to end the show to- tomorrow. That's rude. Oh, that wasn't a little circle. We're fine. Everyone gets a glistening body. Yeah, except for dinner, who gets a glistening Anakin? Yeah, glistening attack of the <laughs> Anakin. I'm I'm kidding. D- dinner can get Anakin. Anakin. That's three now. Just got quite the collection over it's there. A magic number. <laughs> Don't put them all together. All that glistening could make someone go blind. This week, what is your favorite star in Star Wars? <laughs> Wait, we're really asking. <laughs> <laughs> is- oh, oh, okay. And or describe your ideal back balcony scene in Star Wars. That's a good one. You can you can do either of those questions, I guess. Oh no, one of us got deleted. Out of the, <laughs> <laughs> the rogues have to answer the second. Describe our ID balcony. <laughs> Uh, we'll do this next week, right? Any time. I want to ruminate on the balcony. Same. It's gonna, I have to paint a picture. I need to find a balcony to like get myself in the scene. Like, sit in it. Alright, listeners. 
us your ideal balcony scenes on Twitter at Rogue Podron. You can also, I guess, send us other stuff at Rogue Podron on Twitter. You can email us. Not at too Rogue much, Podrin. otherwise Heath will look at it and go, "Nope, I can't copy and paste your responses That's into this show notes." What <laughs> happened? <laughs> Is that not? <laughs> I literally forgot we even asked the question. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, was the last time we recorded when you were in Vegas? Because no surprise that you forgot we asked the question. (laughs) It might have been, yeah. I forgot about that. So, email us at roguepodron at gmail.com. Subscribe to us via the Rogue Podron feed on iTunes or the Far Far Away radio feed on iTunes, Stitcher, FeedBurner, and Google Play. I had a dream last night that the entire Far Far Away radio network got shut down, and it was very sad. That's a terrible... Anyways, we're still here, so don't worry about that. That was just a dream. <laughs> Great. We also have a review from Corin Horny. No, that's the name of the review. <laughs> which is a five-star review um by tx rayado i don't know make it easier to say using please <laughs> do you like star wars do you like the idea of ready books but don't want to <laughs> reading books year old boy then this is the podcast for you be sure to tune in as Meg tries to wrangle her herd of cats along the trail of Star Wars books about X-Wings and other stuff. P.S. I race fangirls. It's raising fangirls! Oh, <laughs> uh, what's up? What up? <laughs> <laughs> Henceforth known as T.X. Rayadu. <laughs> yeah. We're oh, never... Because we're we like the idea of Rayadu books. <laughs> Also explains why I was the only one who was named in this review. Yeah, that's and you're just my cats that I'm mildly allergic to. <laughs> no wonder you always cry when you look at me. <laughs> no, that, that's not why, Seth. Oh, thing. well, thank you for the five stars. Should we all enjoy our stars right now? We will. Chomp. Nom nom nom. Hang on, I need to get something to dip it in. <laughs> Oh my god, you're so extra, Heath. (laughs) It's buffalo sauce. (laughs) I already know. Our crystal stars. (laughs) Please give us a five crystal star. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll read the book five times. (laughs) Don't promise that. (laughs) Thank you, listeners for listening to this episode maybe if you get this far we are having a good time we are happy to be back and next time x-wing starfighters by Demar, chapters four through six and with that this is rogue podron signing off pash out pew 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 pew, pew crystal star pew <laughs> Chink, chink, chink. Oh, dazzle, that Like, what sound does Crystal make? Yeah, it'd be like, clink, 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 clink. Clink. It's not the sound of lots of burning gas, I guess. So it's just kind of like. Oh, jeez. <laughs> exactly like that. Rogue Leader signing off. Rogue Six signing off. Rogue Seven signing off. Rogue 3 signing off.
five crystal stars. <laughs> That's so dangerous. One for each of us and one to share. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so dangerous. <laughs> we should not be cutting up no. the crystals. No, we should have never done this. <laughs> we made a huge mistake. Can't you just did that a long time ago. He's <laughs> a bit late. <laughs> Eyes closed, head first, can't lose. <laughs> What was that? What, yeah. <laughs> that was me yawning. That was a yawn? That was a yawn. No, that wasn't uh, real. That was a real yawn, yeah. Can't be real. Look, sometimes I just squeak, okay? <laughs> sometimes it just happens. That's fair. Usually when I'm yawning. Mm.